We don't like to have a dull church. It's just important to keep you on your toes. And I was kept on my toes this December because it's the first December, I think, um, since I've been in Camborne, uh, it'll be nearly 12 years, that we have a baptism and a wedding this close to Christmas. Oh my goodness. I tell you, when Yolandi suggested it, um, she said, do you think it's possible? And I said, ooh, <laughs> mm, I'll have to get back to you on that one. I'm not quite sure. Um, it's, how are we going to do that? Mm. And then Yolandi said there'll be family over. Um, and uh, yeah, well, we've got nativity plays. We've got rehearsals. We've got things happening. Um, and then I met this couple, Stan and Sarah, um, who said they want to get married. And I got to know them, and I thought, oh, I just want to marry them. But they're getting married on Wednesday of, of this coming week. Um, and again, I spoke to Julie. Yes, we can fit them in. And yet, I think having a baptism and a wedding this close to Christmas can also help us, remind us what Christmas is all about. At Christmas, we marvel at God's grace that his solution to a world that has gone astray, which turned aside from him, is to send a baby from whom we could learn how to live. And yes, a baptism is therefore really important for us to consider Christ coming as a baby at this time of year, in his helplessness, in his gurgling, in his joy, in his vulnerability, as we see that expressed this morning in Eloise. And a wedding, yes, because Christmas is all about love. God was in Jesus, bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. Why? Because he loved us. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son. Not to condemn the world, but whoever believed in him would know eternal life. We sing in our church, He came down, a song from the Cameroon, He came down that we may have love. He came down to show us how to live, how to love, and to have a relationship with the Father. So yes, it's all right. This is great. I've got it prepared now. We're sorted. A baptism and a wedding, they're fantastic for Christmas. Not sure about next year, but this year we're okay. And for such an occasion, as we read up to Christmas, we look at, I I plumped for that reading, uh, where we have two pregnant mothers meeting, and the joy explodes inside them. Had to be the reading for for such a day. Two women at very different stages in their lives. By all accounts, Mary would have been a young teenager, Yeah, that young. Always shocked when you realize just how reckless God's plans are. That young, a teenager. She'd have been utterly blown away by meeting this God, meeting with the angels. There would have been confusion, and she'd been struggling with the shame of of what this was promising, and this child growing within her, and people murmuring and rumors. Whose child is it? It's a special baby. Whose child is it? It's a special baby. Would her father put her out of the house? What would go on? Notice in our reading, it's she alone who comes to visit um, Elizabeth. We don't get any mention of anybody else with her. She herself comes. Is that part of her shunning? Is that part of her seeking solace in her cousin Elizabeth? Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, an older woman who has given up hope of having a baby. 
But an angel appears to Elizabeth's husband and tells him they're going to have a son, a very special son, who will play an important role in God's plan. Elizabeth is is a respectable middle-aged woman, and together with her husband Zechariah, they're seen as a devout couple in the village, and everyone is thrilled for them. Absolutely fantastic. But it's a bit strange what's happened to Zechariah. He can't speak. It's a bit odd. But they're really happy for, for Zechariah. So these two women with very different age stages and very different situations, come together. And I came across this picture of that encounter. Just look at that picture. Just look at the intimacy that's involved. Look how close their noses are to each other. Look how they're leaning into each other. Look at that shared empathy. Look where their hands are. Mary is obviously the younger one in blue. And it's the hands that struck me. A supportive hand from Elizabeth on Mary. But the other two hands seem to clasp each other. The one, it's a wee bit dark. You see slightly underneath Elizabeth's hand, on left hand, there are two hands meeting there. And I almost saw the, saw the ruffle happening there. It's almost like there's hand fastening going on. Does that ring any bells? You know what I mean by that? It's almost like someone at a wedding... Someone ties a knot between... Did you do that in South Africa at all? A symbolic act of, of tying the couple together, tying you in love. Something ties... The, the hands go together, but then something then ties the hands together. It looked a little bit like this as I, as I looked at that picture. This is a ritual of hand fasting that's lasted centuries that symbolizes love and commitment. It goes right back to the time of the ancient Celts used to acknowledge the beginning of a trial period of a year and a day during which a couple were literally bound together, hand-fasted. It was however a temporary agreement which could be made permanent after the trial period if both parties agreed. And nowadays this is only used symbolically. The bride and groom's hands are joined together, usually holding hands to the wrists, and the pulses are touching with a ribbon or symbolic material looped over the bride and groom's wrists and tied with a celebrant or a friend. So that struck me. But the other thing that struck me when I saw this picture of Mary and Elizabeth was the similarity to this picture. Don't you know what that picture is of? I'm sorry that uh, you can't enjoy them as close as I am. But anyone tell me what that engraving is of? What do you reckon? At this time of year, what might that be? I'm appreciating your appreciation of the picture, but I could do with a bit of articulation as well, please. There's an angel, yes, there's an angel. It's the angel speaking to Mary, leaning into Mary and whispering. We were talking this week with the children at the Vine School about whispering. It's good to ask them what they whisper about. They whisper about things that are shocking. They whisper about, about, about things that are deeply personal, but they don't want to tell anybody else. It's, it whispering somehow goes beyond, gets under the skin. Oh, you're joking! No! I'd never get, let me, let me, it's so important. I'm just going to whisper it to you. And the nose gets almost right into your eardrum. I wonder if that wasn't how the angel spoke to Mary. Whispering God's message. And so it's interesting seeing the two together. 
God's intimacy with his creation, God whispering, leaning in to, on our lives, whispering messages to us. And yet it's joy that dominates, joy that dominates today's proceedings. Because the response when they do meet is that movement, that jump for joy. Some people suggest it was dancing. Maybe the, in, in uh, Elizabeth's womb, uh, the baby is dancing when he meets the Christ child in, in Mary's womb. He's dancing for joy. He's leaping for joy. It makes you think about uh, when the babies kick. I don't know how much kicking and whatever Eloise was doing. A fair bit. Um, dancing, perhaps. Dancing for joy. A joy that God gives us, not because we ask for it, but because God makes us that way for dancing. God makes us for dancing. God makes us for joy. God makes us for one another. Here's another picture of the Annunciation. This is not Mary and Elizabeth. I'm, I'm still on Mary and the angel. And Mary is dancing with the angel. Literally, we've got these different unusual poses. Richard, if I'm getting any of this wrong about the art critic, you know, Richard's more of a scholar on this than I am. I might be completely off beam and sort of like you're telling a lot of tosh. But if there's anything that keeps people on, you know, if I get it wrong, just put your hand up and just quietly, just, you know, that'd be great. But they're dancing, I think. And that's the angel. Now, again, the hands were fascinating. The hands. We have a response in our church. Look at your hands. See the touch and the tenderness. God's own for the world. God's own for the world. Look at those hands. That's what they reminded me of. That painting in the chapel where there's, there's almost that sense of God reaching out to touch Adam. Now that's what it reminded me of. That, that same sense of touch between God and his creation. Again, look at that longing, almost that electricity that's going to happen between the angel and Mary. The rapture of the moment. The joy of the moment. And it's a, it's a joy that in some ways might be whispered because Mary was full of confusion. It's like when we lived in Congo. When someone was pregnant, I don't know, other parts of Africa might be true as well. Because babies could die, it was considered inappropriate to talk about the pregnancy until the baby was born. You could see, you could never say it out loud. That was the wrong thing to do in that, in that Congolese culture where we were in eastern Congo. The baby jumping for joy. The angel singing. This is the message of Christmas. God's reaching out to us. Our hands are so practical. God reaching out to us in love, practically. To save us to help us, to come alongside us. Think of what we do with our hands, with our children, all that we have nappies to change and bottles to find and shopping to do with our hands. At this time of Advent, we remember Mary meeting Elizabeth and the joy that explodes and the hand clasping. I am with you always. The love that's expressed in the grace of God at this time of year as God reaches out once again to us in our confusion, in the midst of our lives, and says, I am here for you. I love you. I want you to know of that love. My final point, the time's gone, but my final point is for you that are older. I'm finding this year with the Christmas story, middle-aged people don't feature that much. 
A lot about you who are older. A lot of mention of older people for whom in their daily pattern of lives Christ met them and used them powerfully to transform the lives of others. That's my reading of the gospel. Disagree with me if you like, but let's remain open. Whatever stage we're at, whether, whatever our life brings us to being part of God's grace and part of God's dance with his creation as expressed at this time of year.